Welcome back, everybody, to Right Answers Mostly, a podcast on uh, what you didn't learn in history class, but you really, really wanted to. Over there is Claire Donald. And over there is Tess Palomo. I like when we mix it up. I know, me too, me too. And that was like a stunning intro. Right Much now. better than last week's when I <laughs> lost my mind. You know, there's times where... It's, it's clean and crisp, and there's times where we're just too high to know where we are. And that's art. And that is the variety of life. It's you could true. Say. And you just have to roll with the punches. Mm. Mm. Gorgeous. Thank you. How are you doing, Tess? You know, <laughs> I'm okay. It's been a busy month. It's crazy, guys. The world is back. The, you know, a lot's going on um, personally in this country. So I just think, you know, it's good to check in with each other. Yeah, no kidding. It's good to check in on your, your women in your life right now. Most important people. But how the hell are you? I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, everyone, I'm okay. Did your voice goes like ten active, a little high pitched? Yeah, yeah. No, I think I'm in the same boat. Like, it's a lot going on, but lucky to have the people around me that I do. And that is the truth. That is the truth. And Claire and I are going to our um, friend's wedding. Yes. Two of our good friends are getting married. Shout out to Hannah and Jordy. Congratulations. Uh, Really supportive Rammies as well. That's right. We're so excited to see you two get hitched. Uh, And it's like our first time all kind of going to like an adult wedding together. It feels like... Episode of a TV show, doesn't it? I can't wait to be on the dance floor. Uh, However, it will be 105 degrees. So. Sure will. <laughs> Shall we'll see who passes out first? <laughs> oh, that's a fun game. But just please don't probably let it me. Be. Yeah, Hannah or Jordy, as long as it's not one of you two. Oh God, yeah, we would. We, we would never even put that out in the universe. No, 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 no. Well, I just did, but I take it back. Yeah. So we're excited, but yeah. you know, you can be excited and you can also be very disturbed <laughs> and. <laughs> And very anxious at the same time. And both things can be true. As the queen, Casey Musgraves, has said, happy and sad at the same time. And that has never been so applicable. It's the current state of our world. And that's why, you know, Claire and I posted on our story last week that we were getting some questions about if we were going to do Roe v. Wade. And we were just like, of course we were going to do it. Like, there was no... No question. No option not to talk about it. And obviously... This is a history podcast. Um, I wanted to do it first season. And then I want to admit that I felt hesitant to do it. 100%. It was always, especially you, I feel like kept being like, I think we should do it, but I don't know. Like it was definitely something that I think that you've always been passionate about talking about. Yes, I have. I think I was like, but you know, our podcast is a little bit lighter and funny. And it's like, once again, every, like, we can try to educate ourselves and our listeners in a way that is still inviting and there's humor even in the darkest of times. You have to find it. And you have to find it. And I would never want to shut ourselves off from like that space and especially the political climate. Like I think it's our duty and I think it's, you know, I hope people will listen to this episode and take something away from it that they didn't know. I 100% agree. And, you know, Tess and I have talked about this before that like we are all learning together. We're all in this together. That's why we have this podcast to, yeah, just be in it together. So I hope that you guys feel an alliance with us and that we can have fun while also learning and being inspired and, yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, like you were saying before we started recording, like even saying the word abortion, like a lot of times someone puts an asterisk in it. And a lot of times people will use other words and it's, you know, you can't type it on. I think you, 
at one point you couldn't type it on Instagram without um, putting like an asterisk. What? I need to double check that, but I've read something about it and you know, there's a lot of information out there right now, but I'm almost positive that like. Guys, that's insane. It's always the thing of being like, well, when women get abortion. Yes. And like, when, yeah. And it's like, you know what? <laughs> You know, I'm reading this book right now called Shout Your Abortion. And like that was a huge also influence to like do this episode. Yep. And, you know, I mean, like here, here we go. Like here we go. What are we talking about today? Roe v. Wade. Honey. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Everyone in Pirate Studios now. <laughs> We're going to oh, do yeah. a little march. Discount code RAM20 at checkout at pirate.com. Don't forget, you could be chanting Roe v. Wade yourself That's right now right. if you wanted. <laughs> um, but what did you know about, what do you know about Roe v. Wade? God, that's the thing also why I'm so, why I'm so glad that we're doing this because I... I all I can really say about Roe v. Wade is, be, oh yeah, we're drinking whiskey on the rocks. <laughs> I just took a sip and that face was, Ooh. we needed something stiff and strong. Stiff for the ladies, this honey. This morning. Mm-hmm, we sure <laughs> did. But yeah, Roe v. Wade, I've always known it's associated with abortion rights in this country, but literally couldn't tell you much more than that. Truly, I was always like, oh, I'm glad we have that. Yeah. I'm glad it's a good thing. Yeah. But couldn't tell you much more yeah, about it. And I, I felt truly the same way. I was like, I think it was in the early 70s. That's what I'm kind of thinking. I didn't know like what was legal before, what was going on in the States with abortion. Yeah. Um, show, um, the episode, you know, will be about Roe v. Wade, but it, a large portion of the episode is also going to be talking about like the history of abortion, how we got here, medical advances, stigmas, um, also different cases after Roe v. Wade and kind of how it's been an ever evolving, um, you know, difficult. <laughs> it's never been easy. It's never been easy to be a woman. Ain't that the truth? And that is, there, and there it is. And there it is. <laughs> like there's been no other there it is more powerful <laughs> yeah, than, than that, that statement. <laughs> um, so, shall we, shall we get into it? Let's do it. I would also like to quickly say that um, I will be like using uh, the term woman and pronouns like she and her a lot when relating to pregnancy, but abortions also apply to non-binary mm-hmm. um, and trans people. And we see you and, and we, we hear, hear you. you and we will fight for you. Absolutely. Um, but in a lot of the language and a lot in the history, it will be woman. Got it. So um, what is Roe v. Wade? Roe v. Wade was a a landmark legal decision issued on January 22nd, 1973, in which the U.S. Supreme Court struck down a Texas statute banning abortion, effectively legalizing the procedure across the United States. It's always Texas, isn't it? (sighs) Texas, Texas, Texas. There's nothing sexier than a blue Texas, and I just, I feel like one day it could happen Uh, again. I mean, truly though, shout out to my boyfriend who moved to Texas to try to get (laughs) another little uh, blue boat in there. That's right, that's right. And we love to see it. We do love to see it. So it's saying that abortion is legal across the country? Yes. Okay. So, and then obviously since then, there has been a lot of regulations from the states specifically, but Roe v. Wade did legalize the procedure across the country. Okay. 
Got it. Because I that is something that I have been thinking about that I'm like, well, then why is Mississippi able to do all these crazy fucking laws? But I guess we'll get into it. We'll get into it because with any um, court decision and the Supreme Court decision, then other cases come in where they go, mm. okay, well, we see what you're saying here, but how about we restrict this, this, and this? So it's always truly violence against a woman's body in the different cases that come after, um, which we will discuss. So with the decision, the court held that a woman's right to choose was implicit in the right to privacy protected by the 14th Amendment in the Constitution. Oh, excuse me. I just burped. (laughs) Your buddy's like, yeah. I'm a cheese and burp. Sounded like a little frog. That's that's what I I made last night when we were watching Housewives. You were shook Alex. Um, Yeah. Oh, damn, I forgot. Oh, what's the 14th Amendment? The 14th Amendment is right to privacy. Okay, got it. Um, So, you know, there's a lot of people arguing right now about, well, is, does the Constitution, pro- like, implicitly say we are protecting abortion? And then, you know, that's why you have to really dig into it. And that's why we have to fucking decipher what all of these old men in the, what, <laughs> 1700s <laughs> said. Um, you know, and there's also the Ninth Amendment, which says we might not know everything in this Constitution and we're going to allow space for that. And that's where it gets a little tricky. I'm turned on by you right now. Oh, thank you so much. This, this brilliance just pouring out of you. Wow, wow, wow. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Prior to Roe v. Wade, abortion had been illegal okay. everywhere. Um, not in this country we're going to be specifically talking about. Yeah. Um, illegal before quickening, which is the point in which a woman could feel the fetus moving around four months of pregnancy. Illegal before that? Or after that? I'm sorry, after that. Okay. okay. So it was like, everything's good until you feel like you have a baby in there. And that has been, viability has been a huge debate, even in modern medicine, of when technically the fetus could live outside the mother's womb. And that's viability. And that's viability. viability. Um, So it used to be around like 15, 16 weeks. um, And now modern medicine argues that it is around 24 weeks. Okay. So that's six, six months of pregnancy. Got it. Right? Math. Yes. All that trimester stuff, I never know. I mean, it's truly crazy. It's crazy. And we'll we'll get into viability because, you know, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. I mean, this this episode could be 12 episodes. I, I bet. Like, and I was trying to really narrow it down. Hey, and guess what? You know, if this episode, if we're at Pirate Studios for three hours, we'll break it up. And we sure will. That's and, right. And we'll do that. Buckle up, everyone. So... Before, obviously, talking about legalities, Supreme Court, all that bullshit, we need to talk about (laughs) the history of early abortion. Mm -hmm. Because, y'all, women have been giving themselves abortions since the beginning of time. Beginning of time. And hasn't always been, you know, the safest abortions. But we will find a way, and men will find a way for their partners to do it, and we will all find a way to do it. Believe that. Um, So obviously, less safe, but like, you know, hundreds of years ago, there weren't condoms, there weren't birth control pills, shit was happening. Of course. I wonder when, like, the first person realized that pulling and, like, the pull and pray. Well, pull and pray doesn't always work. It doesn't, but I wonder, like... When that happened. I was like, wait a second. This is what happened. This is what... Like makes well, a baby. When did they discover that it wasn't the stork? <laughs> I mean, obviously. <laughs> I mean, that'd be fascinating. It would be fascinating. History of sex. History of sex. So, um, in the early 10th century, um, life of patriarch um, Ignatius by Nesitas David P- 
Poplagon. Uh, you know, guys, sorry for everything I'm going to be. You know, these are all some fucking Greek people. Again, we're in it together. We're in it together. Tash is a Greek name, but it's not part of my blood. Oh, is it? So forgive me. I love Hispanicopita. Oh, God. And mm. Baklava. Ooh. Mm. Um, so uh, this is a narrative of a religious figure. The author recounts the story of a woman in labor with a breached birth. There, she is in immense pain, and the author writes that in order to prevent the woman, too, from perishing with her child, the doctors operated on the baby and drew it out, cutting it limb by limb. Oh, my God. So, obviously, that's pretty uh, graphic and not how abortions now happen, but... This was in the early 10th century. People being like, all right, we got to do fucking something. Because well, the woman's in danger. Exactly. So let's figure it out to save her. Mm-hmm. Um, the Council of Encrea in 340 AD stated that women found to have um, committed or attempted an abortion on themselves or others were exiled from the church for 10 years, revising earlier suggestions that they were exiled for life. Yet in the mid-4th century, the church father, Basil the Great, revises these these decrees, suggesting that time should not be prescriptive, but dependent on the repentance of the person. There, however, he focuses not just on the fetus, but again on the danger of the procedures for women that usually die from such attempts. Meaning, (laughs) we have seen that 340 A.D., there is a conversation around, okay, well, if the woman's life is in danger, we do need to help her. So we will do we will do what we can. However, there's also like punishment for the woman that wants it to be done. So it's like very hypocritical. So it's like as if this wasn't hard enough for the woman, we have to punish her as well. Exactly. Got it. Um, But uh, medical historical evidences propose a very different story um, than that told from many religious or legal texts. The fact of the matter is, is that many, quote, good Christian women were indeed undertaking abortions and using contraceptives. And the wealthy and elite Christian women not only had the best resources to the medical knowledge of the era, but also privacy to undertake these practices without shame. That's the thing is this is such like a class thing as well a hundred percent and it's truly like even in reading you know these texts from thousands of years ago it's proof that abortion has always been a socioeconomic issue mm-hmm. and also against people of color mm-hmm. um so yeah like you know women women were doing it how were they doing it is the question <laughs> um hildegard von Beegen, born 1098 who was a german nun She was a woman of many talents. She was a composer, a mystic, a writer, a philosopher, and a medical provider. Oh, I would love to have dinner with her. I mean, truly find a a woman who can do it all. (laughs) Do it all. And she was um, one of the first people that's documented that she would prescribe her own like abortion medicine, Mm -hmm. Um, which I, you gotta really not laugh, but the things that, that women were doing, um, while very upsetting, um, it's fascinating as well of like how far medicine has come and thank God for that. So her own, um, abortion medicine was a bath of fresh river water heated with warm tiles and filled with chrysanthemum Mm. fever few mushed into a mixture in a mortar, put in a little bag, cook it in wine Add clove and white pepper, a little less white pepper than clove, and honey. Drink this daily, both fasting and with meals, for five days or 15 until the matter is resolved. It kind of sounded like you're like, and honey, drink it. (laughs) And drink it, honey. (laughs) 
that just sounds like a tea. <sighs> Tr- yeah, truly. Um, and this was said to expel your uterine content. Interesting. What year was that? Ten. She was born 1098. Holy. So, you know, probably 20 years after that or so. She's, she's doing her thing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, but it's interesting because prescriptions um, for birth control and abortion methods were widely circulated among medical professionals and also appeared in household recipe books. Oh. So the first pharmaceutical text, De Materia Medica, by the Greek physician Pedanius Disordius, lists 959 substances, 141, which are noted to bring on menstruation, mm. 49 to expel an embryo, 18 to terminate an embryo, and six to cause abortion. So these recipes are in medical books throughout the medieval era. Wow. Like it's, it's just such a, it's how people were also wanting to know how to cure a cold. Right. People were wondering how to not have a pregnancy. Well, that's a very fair thing to, because it's your body. A hundred percent. It's medical care. And also back in the day, guys, let's remember women died constantly from giving birth. Constantly. Like I should have looked up a, you know, a exact number, but like the mortality rate. Up until recently. To this day, abortions are safer than giving birth. I mean, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it at all. No, like a legal or not legal, a safe mm-hmm. abortion that is, you know, you know what you're doing. Yep. You're going to be medical in- professional. Exactly. Yeah. So other ways women would have abortions would be to eat crocodile um, poop. No. Yep. And um, shove some dough up their vagina. What kind of dough? Like bread dough? Like bread dough. <laughs> Um, crocodile feces are known to have like a spermicidal element to them. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine the person having to go retrieve that crocodile poop? (laughs) How'd you guys find that out? No kidding. (laughs) It's truly the question. The question. That is the question. Um, there was this famous tea that, um, was called Penny Royal or Mentha polygium and it's actually a type of mint but um the levels are very toxic Mm. so it's deeply poisonous if you take like more than five grams but without that that can be said to also be success quote successful at the time with abortions um other ways of eating crow's eggs stepping over a viper oh no wait just step that just the act of just the act of stepping over they're like you're so brave you can do whatever you want exactly jumping and kicking yourself in the butt (laughs) Sitting over pot of hot onions, eating camel saliva and deer hair, opium, excessive shaking, and later poking yourself with random sharp instruments into the uterus that you would find around the house. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. That is so upsetting. Yeah. I was talking to you about this when we were texting about it earlier, um, and I don't think we included this on the Donner Party, but even on the Donner Party, there was stories, if you go listen, last podcast on the left, of women who got pregnant on their route and had, you know, decided that wasn't right for them because they all ended up eating each other. So not the best place to bring in a child. Yeah, you'd say. You no, would say. but we need to think about what <laughs> that's the, the child's child life, Claire. <laughs> that science experiment. Anyways, um, they would have the men shake the women. <sighs> Wild. I mean, all these things sound very painful, uh-huh. very like barbaric, uh-huh. like go eat the fucking poop of a crocodile. Like... 
And Lord knows they're trying to figure out what works at the time. There's not mm-hmm. medical advances. Once we're getting into like, wait a second, there maybe could be something that goes in sharp, but you know, it's like Ugh. the same thing as like the hanger. But yeah. Like, you know, there needs, we're not there yet. Yeah. Um, so early regulations for abortion started in the 1820s and 1830s. That included a sale, um, the sale of some very dangerous drugs um, that would induce abortions for women. Many were fatal to women, so they'd be taking them and dying. Of course. Um, or they just didn't work, um, but they continued to be sold because it's also, you know, women's health. Yeah. Um, no one really gives a fucking <laughs> shit about it. Um, <laughs> you had to laugh to keep from crying. Like literally, and Lord knows we've been crying. Yeah, no um, So in the 1950s, with these drugs and the newly established American Medical Association, they started calling for the criminalization of abortion, mostly to eliminate midwives and homeopaths. What? Because were midwives and homeopaths the ones that were... They were the ones that were really like promoting, I think, just abortion, like the right to choose in general. Well, I bet that midwives and homeopaths were usually women. Exactly. And it kind of reminded me of um, like the doctors versus healers um, conversation we had in our Salem episode Mm. about how there's always been this like extreme rivalry and tension between like, quote, doctors and homeopathic. Like Eastern versus Mm -hmm. Western medicine. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is the first right to life movement was not led by grassroots activists, but rather physicians who were anxious about their professional status. Because they weren't doing those procedures? It's because before then, physicians had been uh, largely unregulated without the institutional or cultural authority to corner the market on healing. So in the 19th century, a variety of other healers competed with physicians for business um, especially the business of women's reproductive health care. Uh, while many physicians believed that scientific medicine would benefit their patients, some, in order to hurt the healer's business, sought gov- government licensing and regulations to weed out the competition. So it wasn't even like a religious thing in the beginning? No. Because I feel like that's what it's turned into. It's turned into a religious thing also, which I'll talk about later, which was very fascinating to me. It turned into something during the Reagan administration of how can we get more voters and kind of come up with this whole problem. But it really started as this tension between doctors of how of like they're like fuck we got to get these get these women out of here because business is hurting god that's crazy i also feel like we could do a whole episode on the reagan administration and how damaging that was true, to so many communities truly though but also just like to point this out because we keep being like no one cares about women's health and like the medicine fields, like you have to think about that. It truly was just men up until recently. So it's like, I just need everyone to hear that. It's like, we haven't been given a fair chance because they don't give a shit because there hasn't been any women in there. Exactly. There's like, so there's no space for like, and they tried and then <sighs> I know, I know to the maniosis again. We and, have it. And there it is. Um, so yeah, it was kind of. The movement was led by this and also it was led in racism because so many natives um, were alarmed that immigration had increased. And with abortion, they feared that the declining birth rate among the native white American born Protestant women would decline. 
So they were like, no, we don't have abortions because then other people are going to come into our country and into our towns. What? Do they call themselves natives? Because mm-hmm. they're definitely not native. Well, America, honey. Yeah, no kidding. Right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Wow. So like racism, medical competitiveness, all of these things that really started this war on women's bodies that have nothing to do with the women and the women don't have a say in it at Uh all. It's people feeling threatened that they think that everything's a piece of pie. And if someone else gets a piece, they have less. And that's not the way the world works. Exactly. Which is wild to me. It is truly wild. There's enough pie to go around, everyone. Well, you know, there sure is. There's cherry pie. (laughs) There's apple pie. The blueberry pie. (laughs) A little bit of everything. That's right. So in um, 1869, um, the Catholic Church banned abortion at any state of pregnancy. And then it gets a little bit into more like Catholicism of like, say, you know, I mean. Wait, so 1869, the Catholic Church all of a sudden was like, actually, we're not cool with this. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, and I think that was, re- I mean, I really do think it was rooted in racism. Because? Because of like they did not want they wanted to protect like the white privileged protestant or not protestant but just like the catholic catholic woman god um and in 198 sorry 1873 congress passed the comstock law which made it illegal to distribute contraceptives and abortion drugs through the u.s mail contraceptive stuff I'm like I you, why I don't I don't get it I mean truly wild don't you men love sex the most right like don't you want to be able to have sex and have freedom to have sex and pleasure just like we all should without having to worry about your partner getting pregnant and you becoming a father that's the thing is that men have been able to do that forever that's they can leave and they, they can, can leave and it's fine yeah and it's the women who <sighs> exactly okay uh, and it's like, it's hard not to get like heated while talking about this, but I really just do hope that men specifically that might be listening to this episode mm-hmm. right now can just maybe take down that empathy wall that you may have had up that, Hey, like you may have never heard the word abortion before. You might not know what we're talking about. You might not know anyone that's had one, but just to really think and put yourself in the shoes of what a woman goes through from finding out she's pregnant to like not even that but like the rest of your life this is now it's your life it's not just a pregnancy to have to carry something around truly in your body and have the emotional and physical side effects of that absolutely and you might not know someone who hasn't who's had an abortion or you might not think that you know somebody who's had an abortion but you do you do you definitely do literally everybody does Mm -hmm. and so just to try to sort of just like be open. Yeah. Maybe this episode, just zone out and think of yourself in this position. Absolutely. And that's all that we can do. That's it. That's it. Um, so jumping ahead a little bit, um, women now are not, you know, just shaking themselves <laughs> to have abortions. There is some medical um, advantage mm-hmm. in technology. Um, so in France, in um, or actually, I know, I guess going back a little bit, in France in 1723, there was the um, something designed called the modern curette. Um, which was kind of referred to in ancient texts, more like the sharp pokey thing that Mm -hmm. we were using. Um, It was originally not applied specifically to a gynecological purpose until 1842. And then they're like, oh, wait a second. Huh, this is crazy. This could be used for dilation and courage, which has been practiced since the late 19th century. Um, And then in the 20th century, uh, saw improvements in abortion technology, um, 
with like vacuum devices mm-hmm. um, and suction aspiration abortion, which is now, you know, the, one of the two types of abortions that you can get. Um, during the mid 1900s, the United States and the medical community, they were like, hold on, hold on, hold on. This vacuum syringe is actually a really great idea. It's safer, not as painful. Great. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. So now this became the main way um, to have an abortion recently, which this is when I was like, I could do, we could do an entire episode on um Medical abortion, which are the pills, mm, which uh-huh. the FDA approved only in 2020. Different really? administrations have been there. I was like, I don't even know how to put this in a five minute notes. There were ups and downs and Bush and Clinton and. Of like progress and of, then they stopped it. Yeah, progress and then plummet, progress and plummet of trying to get these in the hands of women. Because obviously, um, or not obviously, you might not know this, but a medical abortion you can do in your own privacy of your own home. But it is only um, 10 to 11 weeks of pregnancy. And then you'd have to go in for a surgical or procedure into a clinic. I will just say like 10 to 11 weeks of pregnancy. It's really not that long. It really is not like as a woman with your periods, periods can be irregular. Periods can be like, it's really not that long. Well, that's why like the six week bans are so disgusting because you women's periods, you might have a period every five to seven to eight weeks. Like, you know, there's so many. You just don't even know. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, I mean, if anyone, hey, if anyone wants to look up or have us do an extra bonus episode on the pills, it's truly just wild. Making its way downtown. Walking Walking fast. Face is fast and it's homebound. (laughs) We have to. Yep, yep. We're making a cartoon. You'll see it before this episode. Oh, God, yes, you will. You will. Um... So obviously things are happening, you know, there are underground abortions. Um, there's actually an HBO documentary coming out um, on the, uh, the Jane, the J- uh, Jane, not Jane Club, fuck. The Jane Club is in Silver Lake, I believe. But the Jane, it's something Jane, where you can call, right? And say. Yeah. So this became really popular, I believe. Uh, the Jane Collective. Okay. Um, Efficient knows that uh, Abortion Counseling Service of Women's Libertation was an underground service in Chicago. Okay. Um, bef- uh, before uh, Roe, v- Roe v. Wade. And so women were having abortions with the help of um, other women underground who were leading them to where they knew that they needed to go. Sisterhood. Sisterhood. I get chills even thinking about it. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. If What women can do when we come together. Oh, God, it's so true. And what year was that, that that started? Do you know? I think that was... I mean, it was before 73. If it was before Roe v. Wade. Yeah, that was, um, it operated from 1969 to 1973. Got it. A time when abortion was illegal, most in the United States. Show... I do have to mention that in 1970, Hawaii was the first state to legalize abortion before Roe v. Wade. Oh, wow. So they were allowed to do that. They, they were like, this is a state's, they, at the time it was a state's rights issue. A state's rights issue. Um, it only applied to state's residents. So you couldn't fly into Hawaii. Wow. To get one. Um, that same year, New York legalized abortion with no residency requirement. Okay, amazing. So people are going to New York. Um and um, abortion was also legally available in Alaska and Washington before Roe v. Wade. Washington State or D.C.? Um, Washington State. Okay. 
Pacific Northwest is usually oh, pretty progressive I with know. their things. And we love you for that. We really do. I'm surprised I didn't see California on there, but hey, you know, a Reagan was from California. That, so there's some things. That is true. I do feel like sometimes I'm like the cat. And then you think about how red a lot of California is. Yeah. Just that head is, on down to the OC. That is scary. Yeah, it is. Show 1960s, we're getting there. We have the women's movement, mm-hmm. right? Women's movement, also called the women's liberation movement, um, diverse social movement, largely based in the United States, that in the 1960s and 1970s sought equal rights, <laughs> rights, <laughs> equal rights and opportunities. <laughs> Slow down, Tess, slow down. Um, we're getting passionate. We're getting excited. We're getting excited. Um, this is like our first first wave feminism is happening right now, correct? Right now. Or maybe it's second it's, wave. It's second wave. Second wave, because first wave was like suffragette. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, second wave of feminism, um, greater personal freedom for women. Good things are happening. You know, this is when it's like women are burning their bras. Burn your bras, baby. Honey. Honey. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I'm more, actually, I'm wearing a bra right now. For what? Literally for what? <laughs> That's like a whole, a whole episode on sometimes bras. Sometimes it is nice, like just to be held. Yeah. Sometimes it does hurt, especially like when you're on your period. Oh, no kidding. You need a little support. You do. But hey, free the nipple too. Free the nip. Both things can be true. That's right. So now we're going to get into the years before Roe v. Wade. Okay. So in 1965, the U.S. Supreme Court struck down a law banning the distribution of birth control to married couples. To married couples? Uh-huh. They were like, well, you're married, so you should be um, popping them out. Gross. Uh-huh. Dink's life, double income, no kids. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, count your blessings, everyone. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, man, that sucks. Um, so they struck that down because they were like, uh, yeah, um, back to that constitution and the and the right to privacy, 14th, 14th Amendment. Can't really do that because that's really none of our business. Um, okay. Okay. So they were saying like, actually guys, that's not chill. Yeah. They're like, uh, I mean, they probably like, we want to, but we can't. Oh, that freaking constitution. We got to go read the pages. We're going to be very picky choosy about which ones we like. I mean, there it is. And there it is. Mm-hmm. We all saw the news yesterday about the guns. Yeah. And, okay. I need to stay focused. <laughs> um, and then in 1972, the Supreme Court struck down another law prohibiting the distribution of contraceptives to unmarried adults. And ni- 1972. So this so was like, a, oh, a year later? A year before Roe v. Wade. Oh, a year before to unmarried adults. That's so interesting that they're like, you singles have your fun, but when you're married, you're married. It's like that, like American dream yeah. bullshit. Two and a half kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That thing is. Truly. If even like. Uh, it's very strange. It's very strange of like, you know, the marriage in general is obviously like even the origins of that is yeah. not great. You know, it's very like. Transactional. Heter- mm-hmm, and like heteronormative totally. and, you know, just white people, you know, that's a whole nother. We could also get into, <laughs> yeah. into that. Um, but let's talk about Jane Roe. Let's talk about it. That was not her name. Did you know that? Is it a pseudonym? Mm-hmm. What was her name? Um, her name was Norma McCorvey. Why wasn't it Jane Doe? You know, I just don't know. But it was Jane Roe. Jane Roe. Okay. Jane. Yeah. Wow. The, oh, that's why it's the Jane Collective. Oh. Because it's like a pseudonym. Oh, okay. I didn't even know. I love the name Jane. Yeah, it's really classy, actually. It is. <laughs> I don't know anyone named Jane. I don't think I do either. 
if there's a Jane listener right now, please DM us. DM us and just like, just show yourself. (laughs) Just show yourself. (laughs) That's all we need. Okay. So what's her actual real name? Norma McCorvey. Okay. Norma McCorvey. Who's Norma McCorvey? Show in 1963. Oh, that whiskey. I'm like feeling a little tipsy. I'm enjoying it. Okay, good. I'm enjoying it too. Okay, great. I was so nervous and now I'm just like, and here we go. (laughs) One more time. Everybody's feeling Uh, uh, fine. Here Here we we go go now. now. Here we go. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So Norma was a Texas woman in her early 20s. Oh, Texas. Okay. Who sought to terminate an unwanted pregnancy. Uh, McCorvey, who had grown up in a difficult, impoverished household, um, previously had given birth twice and had given up both children for adoption. Wow. How old is she? Uh, early 20s. Early I think 20s. she was wow. like 23 or something. Okay. Um, at the time of McCorvey's pregnancy in 1969, abortion was not, oh, was legal in Texas, but only for the pur- purpose of saving a woman's life. Like if she was literally dying. Okay. And so that, sorry, I should have mentioned that before. Like, obviously it is not the right to choose is not legal, but if some, if a woman is on a hospital bed and they're like, okay, you have an ectopic pregnancy or like something is going to go wrong, we will do it. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to, but we will. <laughs> Got it. So, um, while American women with the financial means could obtain abortions, like we said that some states, it was legal, it was fine, um, going to places where the procedure was safe and legal or pay a large fee to a U.S. doctor willing to secretly perform an abortion. Because we know that rich people have always gotten any privilege to get someone in their house to... Absolutely. You know people, you have the money to do it. Exactly. You have the resources, all of it. Exactly. Norma was like, well, wait, this isn't like my... In my life, I can't obtain an abortion. Like, and I'm sure millions of other women have the same problem. Um, so, obviously, as a result, some women resorted to the illegal, dangerous back alley abortions or self-induced abortions, like we were talking about earlier. Back alley abortions, like doctors that aren't exactly like yes, that were like, all right, we can pretty much just try to. I'll get an instrument. We can maybe sterilize it, oh. and we can put it up your uterus. Yikes. So the number, the estimated number of illegal abortions in the United States in the 50s and 60s range from 200,000 to 1.2 million a year. I bet that's even lower than what it actually was. And there it is because a lot of people would never even admit to having it done. 100%. I'm sure it was truly double to triple. Yeah, I agree. And people have sex every single day. Yes. Like contraceptives don't work. Yeah. That, yeah. Like, I mean, tr- truly. Or mistakes happen. Like, yeah. Even, or yeah. you think you're fine. Yeah. Or maybe you want to get pregnant and then two weeks later you're like, oh, I don't want I don't this. want to get pregnant anymore. Exactly. 100%. So after six, trying unsuccessfully to get an illegal abortion, Norma was referred to Texas attorneys Linda Coffey and Sarah Weddington, who were interested in challenging anti-abortion laws. In court documents, McCorvey now became known as Jane Rowe. Got it. There's a Rowe. There it is. And then Wade. Where does Wade come from? Yeah. Henry Wade. Mm. In 1970, the attorneys filed a lawsuit on behalf of Norma and all the other women who were or might become pregnant and want to consider all options against Henry Wade, the district attorney of Dallas County, where Norma lived. Earlier in 1964, Wade was in the spotlight when he had prosecuted Jack Ruby, who killed Lee Harvey Oswald, the alleged assassin of President John F. Kennedy. Oh. He was the prosecutor or the... Wait, who was he? He prosecuted the killer or who... He defended... Wait. Sorry. 
no, now I'm like, wait a second. He prosecuted Jack Ruby, who killed Lee Harvey Oswald, who killed John J. F. Kennedy. Okay, got it. I'm like, do we need to make a phone call right now? Like, do we? Like, maybe just real quick. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's put someone. Are, are you going to call Dalton? I'm going to call Cindy. Yeah, yeah. Our reporter. Real Guys, put her, put, her on the, put her in the mic. Okay, perfect, perfect. <laughs> We've never done this way. She's not in court. <laughs> she might be in court right now, everyone. Please. Hello. Hi, Mom. Hi, Claire. You're on Right Answers Mostly right now. Oh, no. <laughs> we have a legal question. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, you're you're not, but you're a court reporter, so don't sell yourself short, honey. Okay. So, um, Wade was the prosecutor for the guy who killed Lee Harvey Oswald. So that means that he was his lawyer for the guy who killed Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, the prosecutor is the one who works for the state or the county or whatever. That so he was... He'd be the state of, like, the state of Arkansas against whoever. He would represent the state of Arkansas. Okay, so, so. he's representing the state against the guy. Correct. Okay, great. Okay, great. I love you. I'll call you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Oh, love you, Sydney. Thank Cindy you so Donald, much. Everyone. Uh, what a smart angel of love. She's like, please don't do this to me. Answered on the first ring. That's what a mother does. Uh, God love her. God love her. What a legend. Okay. So, okay. so <laughs> who knows so where we're going? He was for the state. Got it. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that. Oh, and we, we are, are back. back. So, in June 1970, now we get into the Supreme Court ruling of it all. Okay. A Texas district court ruled that the state's abortion ban was illegal because it violated a constitutional right to privacy. We're all back to the 14th Amendment. Wait, also, is that Wade being like, hold on, this woman does not need an abortion. Yeah, Wade. Or should not be. Able. Wade's an asshole. Yeah, no kidding. Wade is like, we know, like, uh-huh. please. And the Supreme Court's like, okay, well, we got to step in here because, like, it is, we're going to go back to the right to privacy. So, afterwards... Wade declared that he'd continue to prosecute doctors who performed abortions. Uh, Wade, chill the fuck out. Literally, is this the hill you want to die on? Apparently. That's just why I'm always like, who makes their life purpose to like violate women? That's the thing. It's like, get a hobby. Get a hobby. Get anything else besides this. So the court or the case eventually was appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court. Meanwhile, Norma gave birth and put the child up for adoption. Wow. So she's literally like, for the love of God, you, this is now third time's a fucking charm. Good. I am carrying this baby to term. I am birthing it. And I also just, if any listeners right now are like, she got pregnant for the third time, like she's not being safe. It's not that easy. Again, there's not enough research in women's health. It's not that easy for a lot of communities to get contraception. If you don't have insurance, it's expensive. And even if she was getting pregnant from, you know, just being like, whoopsie, that's her prerogative. But truly, because accidents do happen. That's and right. even when you do have tried to have control, that's it right. also still happens. You know, the bodies, the human body is crazy. It's crazy. And it will try to get pregnant in any way it can. Unfortunately, the woman has to bear all of the responsibility. But shit fucking happens. And when we're taught in school that the best contraception is abstinence. 
that's not sex education at all. No, so. that is a false narrative that's right. that religion has instilled in us that only ends in things like this. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just not okay. So on January 22nd, 1973, the Supreme Court in a 7-2 decision struck down the Texas law banning abortion, effectively legalizing the procedure nationwide. In a majority opinion written by Justice Harry Blackmun, the court declared that a woman's right to an abortion was implicit in um, the what amendment? Oh, 14th? 14th, there it is. So yeah, we're seeing a little, we're seeing a, um, uh, what's it called? Every, okay, so everything about this is really in the, in the 14th Amendment and okay. right to privacy. Right. But it's like also... Yes, but like, shouldn't it just be like the right to be a human, be a human being, to not be in female enslavement? Is there something about that in the Constitution? But also, we forget, like, it's like we forget that there's two people involved here. There's literally two people involved here, and all of a sudden, it's just one person's responsibility, and that's freaking crazy. Women don't walk out the door and then just click a button, and it's like, oh, I've gotten pregnant. Someone did that to her, and who did that? That's right, the man. And not like it's, you know, no one should be blamed for a situation no. of which that happens unless it is obviously not consensual yes. rape inside, you know, but like it is a 50, 50 thing. Absolutely. Everybody. We have shemen and we have eggs. Yep. And what happens? You make a baby. You make a baby. So, or, you know, you make whatever. Yeah. And actually I don't ever want to refer to uh, that as a baby. I agree. Like, it should be, you should say feeder, fetus or like uterine content. I've been hearing a lot right uterine now. Uterine content. Which that sounds correct to me. I would like to keep saying, I need to be reminded to keep saying that. Yep. Um, so they're like, okay, guys, no state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States. So this is Roe v. Wade saying, actually, this is like a constitutional right among every state. The court divides the pregnancy into three trimesters. So, of course, now we're still, it's like, yes, every state should allow this to happen, but let's get into... The details. That's already, again, so interesting, though, that I'm like, how can these states are already like making abortion inaccessible? Because you can truly dissect every single thing in the Constitution and anyone on the court, a white man can go, well, it says this, but what, you know, actually this amendment says that that should be the opposite. And it's the Constitution cafeteria style where you take a little bit of this. And you take a little bit of that. And it's messy. And like you were saying this morning, isn't this what RBG feared? Yeah, that's what RBG feared. That it wasn't. She was critical, I've heard, of Roe v. Wade because it's easy to interpret in different ways. And that's really scary. So, okay, let's break it down. Okay, so the court divided the pregnancy into three trimesters and declared that the choice to end a pregnancy in the first trimester was solely up to the woman. Okay. In the second trimester... The government could regulate abortion, although not ban it, in order to protect the mother's health. In the third trimester, the state could prohibit abortion to protect a fetus that could survive on its own outside the womb, except when a mother's health was in danger. So this is the vitality thing. Yes. So this is where it gets into morally if it it's a, it can be a human outside of the womb right also this must have felt like a really big win though for women to also i can't imagine having all of this go on without social media I, I know i mean like on one hand i'm looking at these things now and i'm just disgusted that 
even reading the court divided pregnancy and the government could regulate, like all of those things are really hard to even read because it shouldn't be like that. But let's put ourselves in the 1970s of just like the Supreme Court just ruled that it's actually a woman's right to choose to do this. And so I'm sure that was a really, and it is for the time, an amazing constitutional right for, you know, half of this country. Um, more than half, I think. Uh, truly, more than what, half, 52%? Something 54%? like that. I mean, a lot like, of ladies out there. And thank God. Thank God. Um, but, you know, we still have regulations on it, um, you know, which is interesting because even right now, you know, we're in 2022, y'all, and um, 60% of Americans today support abortion mm-hmm. in the first trimester. Mm. 28% support it in the second trimester. 28%? That's so low. Guys, oh my God. <laughs> it's truly your body is like my reacting body. to it. I'm so sorry for the noises. No, please. Coming out of my body. So, I mean, in the 70s, this was the court ruling. And today, 20, only 28% supported after what second trimester? Like 12, is it 12 weeks? Mm. Let me see again. Like, I don't know. Um. Oh. When does second, you know, guys, we're also just, you know, we're researching ourselves. That's right. Uh, for, uh, 14 weeks. Okay. Yes. 14 weeks. So, you know, to this day, which is just a little crazy because it doesn't, at that point, it doesn't know its favorite TV show. Like, I feel like everyone is like, oh, but once it gets later on, it doesn't know its favorite TV show. It's like now a human. Like it's a functioning person in society. Exactly. That it's lived its life. It's just, I mean, it's it's very, very frustrating that even that's still a thing of how we break it down. Because into the it weeks. is interesting that people are like, yeah, we support it actually until, you know. Exactly. You have to, if you universally support it, support it or don't support it because it's truly not, it's none of your fucking business. And like, we're, we're going to say this at some point, no one enjoys an abortion. And like, I think that is like the biggest thing that pro-lifers do. And I can't speak for all pro-life people, but I need everyone to know that no woman has ever enjoyed the process or it's never been a simple decision for any woman. Absolutely not. And like there is, which I think like kind of went back to my hesitancy of doing this first first season because like there is a delicacy and like a fine line of, because, you know, it is a difficult decision for some women and it is a painful decision for some women, but it also is just a health, it's a healthcare, it's a procedure, it's medical. Does anyone like to go get any medical procedure? None. No, it's invasive and- It's scary. It's scary. And with the stigma and shame that adds so much more to any woman's decision, which shouldn't even be put on her. So of course no one is skipping into a clinic. None. So it's just like, nobody wants to do this. And I just, I really hope that the narrative stops at some point. I I agree. I really hope that it stops as well. Because I mean, think about how you feel when you have to go get any sort of- We have to go get a pap smear. Honey, it's terrifying. We have to go to the dentist. When you have to get a colonoscopy, when you have to get your balls felt for- like It's invasive. It's invasive. So, so that's that. Okay. That's that. So so the court, this is now Roe v. Wade. We have the three trimesters. We got the states involved. We have it all happening. Um, I found this truly fascinating. <laughs> so Norma maintained a low profile following the court's decision. Um, and in the 1980s, she was very active in the abortion rights movement. However, oh no. 
in the 1990s after becoming friends with the head of an anti-abortion group and converting to Catholicism, she turned into a vocal opponent of the procedure. Wait, a vocal com- opponent mm-hmm. of abortion? Yes. So wait, the, wait, what? So the legacy of Norma McCorvey, she ignited this entire movement, this constitutional what change and then she became friends with someone who was very catholic and was like oh but you know that it's murder and you're murdering a baby oh no and so now this woman which i feel like is a little bit symbolic of <sighs> there there is something there that is very sad about how religion can be so powerful that even you are the face of this movement and oh. you were also kind of brainwashed then to believe that w- maybe what you did was not the best choice for the country oh that's so sad isn't that devastating that's so you know and listen if she wanted to convert to catholicism that's her prerogative that doesn't belong in politics exactly yep so you guys have then, not researched separation of church and state now would be the time again that's like the cafeteria thing of being like it doesn't belong here but it belongs here exactly it's like that's not actually true wow that's really disappointing really really sad um so let's talk about since roe v wade because obviously here we are Mm -hmm. many states have imposed restrictions that weaken abortion rights and americans remain divided over support of a woman's right to choose a lot of things have happened since 1973 in the supreme court for example in 1992 Um, There was a Supreme Court case called Planned Parenthood of Southeastern Pennsylvania versus Casey. Mm. Have you heard of it? It sounds familiar, but I wouldn't. I don't know. So I had to reread this like 20 times this morning because I just was like, wait, what? But it's to... I'm just going to read it. Mm -hmm. But basically, it's just more restrictions on what we can do and how we can kind of manipulate, manipulate women to feel guilty about it, to wait longer which evidence only proves that the longer you wait, the more likely you'll say, oh, I'm too scared to do it and I will go through with it. Show the facts of the case. Uh, The Pennsylvania legislator um, amended its abortion control law in 1988 and 1989. Among the new provisions, the law required informed consent and a 24-hour waiting period prior to the procedure. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. No. A minor seeking an abortion required the consent of one parent. A married woman seeking an abortion had to indicate that she notified her husband of her intentions to abort the fetus. Where's the 14th Amendment in this? Show. These provisions were challenged by several abortion clinics and and physicians, like Planned Parenthood's coming in, and they're like, wait a fucking second. No. No. So a federal appeals court upheld all the provisions, except for the husband notification requirement. What? Mm-hmm. That, where, again, like, where's the 14th Amendment? That is her body. So then they go all back into the um, fetus viability argument. It just, it, it always goes back to the personification of the uterine contents. Yes, per- personification of the uterine contents. <laughs> yes. That's and, it. And that seems to be the priority of everything. That is. So this is when states really then became involved. And as we know now, and I'm not sure if many people know this, many states force women to to wait until they, they have to actually decide before coming back to listen to the heartbeat oh. and to stare at the sonogram. 
I have heard a story of someone I kind of know of them tilting their head to look at the sonogram. No, Mm -hmm. the doctor tilted their head. This happens in so many states. Stop it. I know. I actually have tears in my eyes because that is so traumatic. I know. I mean, it's truly like you watch Handmaid's Tale and you think we will never get to this point. That is getting to this point. And they know, well, well, we can do it for you tomorrow, but you have to look at it. It is absolutely horrifying. Horrifying. And there's no other way to go about it. God, it's I know. just not protecting. Sorry. No, it's horrible. It's horrible. Oh, I mean, he's so emotional about this. Because it is emotional and it's it's horrific to hear it. And it's a difficult thing to, to really process as a woman to know that you could be in a state where you could be completely sure of your decision. And then you, you go into somewhere that you think is going to be safe and you have them attack you in that way and gaslight you. It is a hundred percent an attack. Treated like a subhuman. I know. And it's already such a tough decision. It's just devastating. I know. Ooh. No, I mean, it's, if, if, if you don't feel angry or emotional about this, I would urge you to really think why and to really like dive into the feelings of why you're blocking it off because it's just, it's, it's barbaric. It's not fair. And it's not fair. And this is what is in the hands of multiple, just a few white men that have never had to deal with anything like this. That's right. If you don't have any of the anatomy that goes into this whole process, you're not allowed to speak on it. No. And you know, you can have feelings on it. Feelings are not facts and feelings are not in the constitution. Right. Exactly. And that's, I guess I shouldn't say speak on it. You're not allowed to make laws on it. And I would urge you maybe to be gentle about speaking on something that you will never be able to experience in, in, in your life. I mean, you can, you can have all the feelings. People think People think abortion is sad. People think it makes them feel weird. People think, I don't know if I would do it. Maybe I would judge a woman. I know if she, whatever you think, sure. I'm not anyone to say that you can't have a feeling on it, but it only goes so far. And then you really have to actually remove yourself from it and protect healthcare and equal rights and human rights and bodily autonomy. Absolutely. Guys, you can't take an organ, like you can't take a liver, you can't take a heart from a, a corpse. You can't. No. Be, unless they have said that they're an mm-hmm. organ donor. So how dare you try to control a living, breathing woman? I mean, it's it's wild. Yeah. It is absolutely wild. And yesterday was a tough day too with like, you know, the Women's Health Care Act that was, you know, I, I mean, I was, I was sobbing all day, like yeah. sobbing. And I just... I think we all need to really do a better job of standing up for this right now. Like Absolutely. When people talk about, you know, when the fires are happening in Malibu, every single man yep. on my Instagram is posting about how we can help. I think it's really time to step up and to realize that like, this is a terrifying time. It's a terrifying time for all the women around you. Exactly. Um, because again, we're not being treated equal. Yes. It's that thing of Kamala Harris when she was questioning Brett Kavanaugh before he got appointed and she asked him, is there any, can you think of any laws that have any restrictions on the the male body? 
He goes, I don't. I don't. <laughs> He's like, medical procedures. She's like, that's not what I asked. Yeah. And then he goes, oh, not that I can think of off the top of my head. You stupid fucking piece of garbage. That's right. That's I, right. We're well, saying it here. We're saying it here. And I don't fucking care. Don't you either. are a piece of garbage. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, it's just believe what you want to believe. But do not put that on other people. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You don't like abortion that don't have one. Yep. So obviously we have seen, you know, we've seen a lot of things in the Gonzalez versus Carthurt in 1977, 1977, hello, 2007, the court upheld the Federal Partial Birth Abortion Act in two, um, that was in 2003, which prohibited a rarely used abortion procedure known as intact dilation and evacuation. So people were saying that, you know, I mean, there, I have a list of truly like a hundred different cases of which I don't even know if it's productive to get into, but it is just states and, and cases that are saying, well, this procedure doesn't seem like it's constitutional. This amount of time that goes by doesn't. So it's all just, we have, since it's happened, people have had, since Roe v. Wade has happened, people have had to fight for it to be upheld um, obviously, we know that the Mississippi law mm-hmm. um, recently that would make abortions legal after 15 weeks of pregnancy was about two months earlier than Roe v. Wade said that that would be okay. So at this point, most experts estimate fetal viability to 24 weeks. I personally think it's why is there a time frame on any decision, you know, and the later that you go on for later term abortions, it is, yes, it, it is more dangerous. It is more emotionally taxing. Yeah. No one is really wanting to do that after that amount of time, I am sure. No, no one wants to. And that's the thing is it's, it's extremely rare. It is extremely rare. I think it's for, I think, let's see, it is, I had this down somewhere, um, you know, 43% of abortions happen within six weeks. That is usually the time that someone will find out they are pregnant. happen seven to nine weeks, 13% happen 10 to 13 weeks, 15, 14 to 15 weeks is at 3% and 16 plus is at 4%. It's very rare. It is very, very rare. And if a woman feels like that is the best choice for her, don't you think that it is something that is pretty necessary? Exactly. Because you do, you do not want to be doing that at that point. No, absolutely not. So obviously, you know, here we are in May 2022, the nation's highest court agreed to hear Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health Organization regarding the constitutionality of a Mississippi law banning most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. The case presents a direct challenge to Roe v. Wade. We are aware that there has been a leak of the draft in which they are going to overturn it. Um, As of right now, states that protect abortion access that the what might happen in June, it will not affect these following states, Alaska, California, Connecticut, Delaware, District of Columbia, Florida, Hawaii, Illinois, Florida. Iowa. Sorry, I didn't Florida. That's shocking. Why is that? Is that right? <laughs> huh. Florida's always a wild card, isn't it? Hmm. Because now I'm like, actually look at this list and I'm like, what? I mean, there are some crazy state laws. Yeah. I mean, sorry, from, I didn't mean to interrupt it. I was just shocked. no, but now I'm literally like Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, Maine, Maryland, 
Massachusetts, Minnesota, Montana, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Rhode Island, Vermont, and Washington. Those in my notes say that that is, um, those states are protected. Okay. We don't really know also what protection means. I think that's a very like broad term. Um, but you know, it's not good y'all. It should not. The reason why it should not be a state issue is because this should be a constitutional right to protect your body. A hundred percent. And what I had touched upon earlier of how this sort of even became this movement and controversial thing was the Republican Party platform, um, which, you know, officially does, unfortunately, advocate an anti-abortion position. This developed along the modern pro-life movement before Roe v. Wade. The majority of Republicans were not anti-abortion, including most of the party's leadership, which typically cited abortion rights as included with an ideology of limited government and personal freedom. That's what I always am confused about. Mm-hmm. At the 1976 Republican National Convention, the party adopted an anti-abortion movement as a part of their platform for strategic reasons. Mm-hmm. The party's leadership hoped to appeal to Catholics, a demographic within that had traditionally voted Democrat. Well, J- JFK was a Catholic. Uh-huh. A party at the time containing fairly liberal economic views with mixed opinions on social ones, but who might be put off by growing cultural liberalism who made up the core of the anti-abortion movement. It was a strategic, talk about gaslighting, talk about brainwashing. This was a ploy, everyone. This was a ploy. And it still is today. And it absolutely is. It absolutely is still today. And think about that. Let that sink in. Yes, of like maybe how you feel a certain way, try to think of what was instilled in you. Going back to the entire why we created this podcast uh-huh. of what you want to learn in history class, but didn't. Do you remember having any conversations about Roe v. Wade in I, school? I don't. I remember my civics teacher saying some really uncool shit to us that wasn't about abortion, but is mm. also about some human rights. I grew up in Arkansas, everyone. It's a very different world than California. I feel I feel very lucky that I grew up in a family with very inclusive liberal values. Um but I do not remember Roe v. Wade specifically. I do remember, I mean, growing up again in like the South and conservative area, there are a lot of people, My um, there's people who are running for, um, I don't know, some government thing who that's the first thing that they put on the conservative party is pro-life. And then they put a picture of a baby's hand, like holding a finger. Yeah. That and again- it is manipulative and strategic. Oh yeah, I mean they know everyone loves babies, but yeah. this isn't about babies. It's not about it's not about babies. It's guys. about controlling um, women who you know from the beginning of time we have found ways to always control women, whether that is if they're allowed to work, if they're allowed to vote, how we should look. Yep, the, you know just countless restrictions, and you think that we have come a long way. And you know, like we still don't even, we're not paid equally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Truly most places. And I think this whole conversation is also, if you cannot have empathy for, let's say abortion, know that constitutional rights are being threatened right now. And that could go as far as interracial marriage. Yep. 
gay marriage, this is just the start. And the Supreme Court might not see someone to help us out on our side for the next decade. Yep. And that is the fear. And that is really why right now is the time to like, it. it's the time to donate. We'll list a bunch of places that you can donate to on our Instagram, but it's also the time to realize that midterms are in November. Yep. And we have to be doing our research on pro-choice candidates yeah. who will make us make us stay safe in our in our states. And that's all we can do right now, but we can do it. Because as women, again, whether you would get an abortion or not, we need to protect each other. Exactly. You can have whatever ju- judgment, but actually, no, you can have whatever feeling. Don't have judgment yeah. because it is health. It Absolutely. is healthcare. And we just need to, you know, it's, it's your own verse opinion. It's your own opinion versus human rights. It's the constitution versus universal healthcare. It's church versus state. It's your feelings versus just facts. Yep. It's, it, I really hope that there is compassion right now. I agree. And that's really every knowledge is power. And it's also empathy. It's human hearing human stories, I think also really helps. So you know, I'd urge everyone to look up, you know, st- like Shout Your Abortion is such an amazing organization. They have a Facebook page. They have a website. They have an Instagram. And, you know, if you go to it right now, it's just, you know, their their photos are just um, a few sentences of stories of what women have actually felt going through an abortion. And it is the human experience. And I really hope everyone like checks Shout Your Abortion out. Absolutely. I'll check it out for sure. It's great. I just got their book. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that, that is the end of my notes. Um, well done, Tess. I know that's a lot to take on and it's scary again to talk about because we've been told that it's something that you don't talk about when really it's just medical rights. So I applaud you. Thank you. You made me laugh. You made me cry. (laughs) That's all I I could want. A little silly, a little serious. That's our brand as always. That is our brand. Um, And, you know, everyone check in with each other right now. And also what you can really do is to donate. And I especially donate to Planned Parenthoods in the Deep South. And if you are not able to donate, I say vote. That is free. And, you know, um, there's resources that you can look up online of like how to get to your polls, what district you're in, all of that stuff. Totally. You can show up and be an ally in so many different ways. That's so true. Escorting, you know, there's protesters at abortion clinics in L.A., which we think is really, really liberal and safe. They're everywhere. So, you know, um, volunteer to escort women that might be alone mm-hmm. into a clinic. Um, there's hotlines that we can all look into to volunteering to talk to women and how to not, you know, feel such shame. There's so many things we can do. And if you can't do any of that, educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to learn more about this. I want, you know, to be, yeah, the more we know, the better we can be. And that's all it is. Yeah. That is all it is. I mean, I could talk about it for another I mean, I could too. Four hours. I mean, it's like, it's just the beginning of a conversation. This It's seen even 10 pages of notes is not enough, but I hope that this episode could give everyone a little insight into the history, what women have had to go through and the fight that we have ahead. And, you know, we'll, we'll end this episode with, with our, with our lady. <gasps> 
Uh, RBG. Well, Again, RBG. like just one more time. You don't have to agree with it, but you can't take that away from other people. And that's all I have to say again. Exactly. And that's all I have to say too. Please share this episode, yeah. especially right now. Please send it to a friend. Please post it on your, any sort of social media. I think now is a really important time. To get the conversations going. Exactly. And just inform ourselves. So we appreciate you sticking with us. Yeah. We are here for you. We this are. goes out to everyone yeah. that- has had any fear of of your rights being taken away, fear of going through this, fear of what people think of you. We we see you. We really see you and we'll continue to do whatever we can to fight for you. That's right. That's right. And as always, XOXO. Wait, what did RBG say? Oh, I'm a, oh Chris, put, <laughs> oh, sorry, put, sorry. Put the cliff in, Chris. <laughs> okay. Put, put the cliff in okay. and, we, and we'll leave it on that. And we'll leave it on that. As always, say XOXO. Right answers mostly. Or are, are you concerned about, about possibly the law actually moving backwards in some of the things that you fought so hard for? Yes, but not for women like me or most of you. Not, not because I'm well past childbearing, <laughs> but because if truth be told, there is no women, woman of means in the United States who will not be able to get a safe abortion if she wants one. All of the restrictions that we see in states like Texas operate only against poor women. Um, in the Texas case we had a couple of years ago, it was obvious that the clinic in Dallas would stay uh, in Houston, but the people who were far from the big cities and couldn't afford to take a day off from work, those that the restrictive abortion laws operate against poor women, and that's the sad story. We will never go back to the way it was before Roe v. Wade because there are a number of states, at the time of Roe v. Wade, there were four states that provided abortion in the first trimester. No questions asked. Um, Alaska, Hawaii, New York, California. Those states will not go back to the way it was. So it is a sad reality that any attempt to restrict abortion is going to affect only the poorest seg segment of the population. And, and now there are even suggestions that perhaps Medicaid funding or even contraception could be restricted. Could you imagine that theoretically as an equal protection problem mm -hmm. if contraception itself was precluded yes, under well, Medicaid? I, I always thought that Roe v. Wade was put under the wrong heading. It should not have been due process. It should have been equal protection. The woman's right to choose for herself to determine her life's course her own destiny.